Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. Hey guys, I'm Randy Younger, and this is another episode of Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. And with me tonight, I have a great panel of guest critics. We have back last week, we have you again, Ivy Lofberg. Welcome back, Ivy. <laughs> So fun to be here. I couldn't miss this one. <laughs> and back, you were you were on the show for Asteroid City. Now you're back for mm-hmm. more. Uh, well worth the mm-hmm. wait. Chris Clemente. Welcome back, Chris. I love talking movies. Love talking movies with you and your exquisite guests. So I'm I'm excited. And <laughs> I've been meaning to 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 link you guys together because you're both very intelligent, very very sweet people. And I think <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> oh shucks, Randy. <laughs> no, I mean, I really mean it. Um, spoken by a true Ghostbuster. Likewise, yeah. Yeah. But before we get into the fun stuff, guys, um, I just wanted to address what's happening now in the world, uh, in Israel, uh, these terrible, terrible things that are happening right now, the atrocities. Uh, I just want to wish everybody uh, listening and watching to just, you know, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I just, I, my heart goes out to everybody who's affected all the families out there. I just hope that this horrific, these events, I just hope they just end as soon as possible. Under the radar, uh, we, we, we support everybody uh, in Israel right now. So yeah, my heart goes out to them. So guys, we are going to discuss two very, very unique filmmakers who have been <laughs> in the business longer than I've been alive. These gentlemen, we've got Joel and Ethan Cohen, who started directing, uh, basically their first feature was Blood Simple in 1984. And from there, they've given us just, a, and they still continue to this day, are bringing us some great art. Some of the best films of the past 40 years have been responsible, you know, these two men have been responsible for. So, I wanted to discuss uh, one of their crowning achievements, The Big Lebowski, uh, celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. And this film is unlike, I mean, it, it, I, I can't think of another film like this. It's its a crime comedy, and it's got an ensemble cast led by the great Jeff Bridges, who plays the dude, Jeff Lebowski, who is basically caught in the middle of a mistaken identity plot and we've got John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, uh, John Turturro, Julian Moore, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fantastic cast, great script, great direction, great soundtrack, I must say. And, <laughs> you know, I, I can't say enough about this movie. I remember the first time I saw it, though, in college, I had a stoner roommate who used to put this on on VHS? He he put, would play the VHS every night before he went to sleep, and since <laughs> we had a bunk bed, I had to watch the movie too. <laughs> and eventually, it became you know it, it was just a tradition every night. Uh, that was his warm milk that put him to bed, and it put me to bed too. Since then, I've grown to love it. Every viewing, I, I just rewatched it you know this week, and it it gets better and better. Such a great film, so funny, great, great uh, action sequences, and the direction is top-notch. So 
guys, I want to hear from you, Chris. It's you haven't been on the show for a while, so uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts of this uh, comedy gem? I mean, what can I not say about it? I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. I, I don't think it's a shock. I think at this point, I think everyone kind of loves it, and if you don't, then you learn to appreciate it and then love it, which I, I kind of fall under that group. I like you, Randy. I, I probably saw it first in college. Yes. And I admit, I didn't get it at first. I, I, I didn't quite find it as funny as I do now. And it took multiple viewings over the years. Um, and, you know, you and you grow not just to find it even more hilarious, but you also grow to really appreciate the filmmaking. And even within the echelon of, of the Coen brothers filmography, it definitely stands out. You know, they, they do have a unique rhythm to their dialogue, but even the, even Lebowski has its own rhythm and its own dialogue that's even unparalleled to other films by the Coen brothers. So it's, it's so quotable. It's probably one of the most quotable films of, of their filmography and probably in, in comedy. What's there not to love? It's just, it's just a great amalgamation of actors and performances and filmmaking and like you said soundtrack which has a big part of it so many great performances it's it's and and you just learn to appreciate it over the years and and the nuances that you you find between the chemistry of the characters it's it's just a phenomenal film yeah i think every actor involved even the smaller names they bring it they give it their yeah. all in this and yeah so amazing the ensemble we have here even from just brief scenes with steve buscemi and yeah. john Turturro, philip seymour hoffman's in it phenomenal he was such a great actor he was really left us way too soon sam elliott plays the narrator here yeah read yada 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 and i just realized uh today david uh david thulis is in it i i did not uh realize that he played one of maud's friends who was like giggling like a like a maniac strange strange character this movie's just strange all around and I, I love every second of it it's just so good yeah now just looking at that time period it's just mm -hmm. you know you have fargo and then right. you have follow it up with the big lebowski it's it was just it was the coen brothers at at, at, its, at their yeah. finest agreed that time period the 90s were the Coen Brothers decade, for sure. Oh, yeah. Ivy, uh, what are your thoughts on this classic? I, I completely agree. It it really is one of my favorite films of all time. It is one of those that I can watch over and over again. And just for comfort, um, I often find myself like if I'm traveling or I just end up putting it on because there's really not, I, there's nothing better than <laughs> it's one of those movies that just gets better every time I like I watch it. And I think that's, that's such credit to their filmmaking that they could make a, I feel like that's a truly classic film where you could just watch it for comfort or you could watch it and find something new every time. And and you want to find something new every time you're not just like zoning out. Now we have these wonderful podcasts about like 
true crime. And I feel like the Cohen brothers were the first to capture how weird people like actual <laughs> regular people are. And the Big Lebowski, it feels like that could be a true crime podcast. Both of them, um, the Cohen brothers, they leaned into really celebrating how weird people are. I, I feel like all of their movies could be true crime podcasts. Yeah. And it's really fun too to go into stores now and you can see all this big Lebowski merchandise and it, people get so excited. We, we actually were in a store recently and they had a whole section for the big Lebowski and, and it was like Mystic Connecticut. And it was a huge, um, huge, so many products and people just were so excited to see it even after mm -hmm. all of this time so it it still inspires and I think I really love that Jeff Bridges has become the big, big Lebowski in a lot of ways like that his personality <laughs> is really this you know cos cosmic um laid back and he's the dude he's yeah. the dude yeah <laughs> Totally. And I, I think that that's one of the funniest, coolest parts about it is he actually became the character in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. and the most beloved mm -hmm. parts of that character. Yeah, This role was tailor made for him. Like he was the dude. He still is the dude. Like yeah. he was perfect for this. I can't think of any other actor. And it's 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 interesting enough because uh, on a couple of interviews, he mentioned that he was really resistant in playing the role. Like, oh, really? he, uh, yeah, like he knew that it was written for him. And at that time, he had a very young kid and he was kind of on a moral dilemma if like it was suitable, you know, to to be around his kid and to have this in kind of his film history, you know, and play that type of character. So yeah. it, it took uh, the Coen brothers some convincing right. to get him in. Yeah, I, I, if I had a kid, I would not show this movie to them until they're maybe like, <laughs> maybe like 12, 13. Definitely like a later teenager going yeah. into college. That would be it. That would be a great like here. Here's your uh, <laughs> here's a film to have you come of age type of thing. Yeah, that, 100%. with that token, I would just just buy the the complete Coen Brothers Blu-ray set and just get here, son. There you go. Get, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> At 20, when, when they turn 21, give them a white Russian and have them watch the books. <laughs> a good rite of passage. That's a great right idea. <laughs> you know what? I also wanted to mention the, um, the enduring legacy this film has 25 years later. So basically in 2002, they started Lebowski Fest in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And they've been doing this in major cities ever since then. I actually attended one Lebowski Fest. I think it was in 2014 or 15. It was in Manhattan and it was at a bowling alley, appropriate enough. And there were, you know, there was a co costume contest with all like, like, there was like 10 dudes and they were serving white Russians. People were quoting the movie. I think there might've been a screening of the film, but I didn't attend that. But it was just so much fun, such a, a positive environment. And all these people, a couple of hundred people just celebrating 
this this landmark film. So it was really that was really special. I hope they bring it back to New York because it really was cool. Sounds yeah. incredible. Yeah. I, I also wanted to say too, I, I really love a movie. I think the Coen brothers are masterful of something that I really love in movies where it's like the first scene of that movie really draws you in. You're like, who is this guy buying milk <laughs> and paying with a check? Like, what is who's this guy? Like it just yes. like any other <laughs> scene. Um, I can't imagine, you know. Oh, well, actually, that is, I think, what's really cool about that movie. In a lot of ways, I feel like it kind of could have started it anywhere because um, each scene is so brilliant and really creating this world that you just want to know more about these characters and yeah. wanting to know about everybody, even the bad guys yeah, were right. hysterical. Yeah, this world was like, it, it was it, it was Los Angeles, but it was kind of like a warped, alternate version in a way uh, which is what i loved about it and i think most if not all the cohen brothers films have that that strange kind of it, it feels familiar but at the same time it's really wacky and out there and you don't know what to expect so that is the charm of all the cohen brothers films i think and before we get into our, our i want to do our top three uh favorite cohen brothers films before I, we do that i just want to mention that Dudism is an actual religion. I don't know if you guys are aware that it's like it's a religion slash philosophy that authors have like written books about. People actually practice this. I think it's it's basically a modern version of um, is it pronounced Taoism or Taoism? Taoism. Yeah. Anyway, one of the, it's it's a modern take on that philosophy and basically just kind of take it easy don't you know just basically just take it easy that, that's the whole <laughs> thing I, I, there, I didn't really read sounds like it yeah yeah like a, like a modern day <laughs> buddhism yeah yeah so that's amazing yeah, yeah that's i think incredible. i might be a, I, I might be buddhist i, I don't know yeah. <laughs> but um, or I, at least i aspire to be but yeah big lebowski he could be worse, could be yes. worse. <laughs> Big Lebowski is celebrating his 25th anniversary this year, and I, I I have not heard of anything coming coming to New York, but I, I really hope we get another Lebowski fest um, because they are they're really cool. They're a lot of fun. Um, Very cool. So yeah, I mean, I wish we had a lot more time, but we, you know, we don't unfortunately. But I just wanted to just for sake of time, our top three favorite Coen Brothers films. And uh, Ivy, ladies first. <laughs> oh, sure. Thanks. Um, I would say that the first one would be Blood Simple because is a first film. It shows what can be done with a first film. I um, did a lot of programming. I was a screener for the Bushwick Film Festival. Yeah. So we got to see a lot of people's first time films. That was really incredible to see you know the coen brothers movies and you know i would really just tell people like that's the movie to watch because you can really see that you really can create a first film that is really a masterpiece and can come out you know really strong on that level and it yeah. i really feel i'm sure i'm a hundred percent sure that film is taught at a university level for first-time filmmakers because yeah. i think it's one of the best 
first movies ever made. And yeah. they really showed what you can do with a really small budget and, you know, just not much experience. Like the listening to the making of Blood Simple, I highly recommend because it also really shows like what can be done with very little. Like they kind of were barely uh, scraping by and it was really all held together with, you know, kind of duct tape and string. Yeah. And they still made this classic film that still today holds up as well as any of their other films. So I think, should should I go through all of them? Oh, no, um, we'll, we'll go in. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Blood Simple, amazing first film, first feature length film. Uh, the creativity with all the shots and and the sets. I think they guess I guess they use like actual apartments and a, there was a bar, a bar and just a dirt road. And also the performances are phenomenal too. Dan Hedaya, love him. He was great in that. And I forget the name of the um, the other guy, the one who. There's a scene where his his arm is stretching into a window or something. <laughs> He gets stabbed and shot and it's just a crazy move a first film like it really established these guys it's like these guys aren't kidding around these are actual auteurs you know these are real mm -hmm. filmmakers so love blood simple also i want to mention um you mentioned just you know, with a little very little budget and and creating a really meaningful uh, impactful film the cohen's were actually friends with sam raimi who was another filmmaker who really he took like like almost nothing of a budget and turned it into a media franchise. So it's really you got to be a really creative, uh, resilient, persistent individual to bring your your art to the screen. So definitely, Blood Simple is amazing. Chris, what yeah. is your number three? I guess. Wow, this was a very difficult assignment, Randy. I was looking at my guy. I'm like three. Oh my god! By the way, I love Blood Simple as as your three. It's I, I like you guys love Blood Simple. I saw it later on on, on the big screen too. I, I saw it retro in a retro theater, and it just blew my socks. And like I'm like, of course this would be a Coen Brothers first movie. It just it just has all the signs. It has all the checklists. My third choice is kind of has humble beginnings for me. I. I I used to watch it a lot as a kid um, without understanding who the Coen brothers are, you know, what in our tour director or directors, what that really means. H I, we used to have HBO in our family a lot. And when I was a kid, you know, as you guys probably could relate, um, there were a couple of movies that circulated a lot during that time. Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep was, was on there a lot. Another Albert Brooks, The Scout was on there a lot, <laughs> yes. um, and and The Hudsucker Proxy was was on there a lot. So I remember watching it a lot, being very captivated. If I was homesick and and it was playing, like I would just watch it. And in hindsight, it just it, it had it checks all the boxes for me. Um, I love Paul Newman, Randy. You know, like yeah. uh, Paul Newman's my favorite actor living or dead like it's uh like his filmography is like just on my queue my netflix queue mm -hmm. everything you know tim uh tim uh, robbins and just just the whole concept of of an inventor you know and, and 
you know, making his way up and, and getting his, his name known. Like at that time as a kid, I was like into inventing things too. From a personal perspective, like it just means so much to me, you know, and, and I love that movie. Like if it's on, I'll, I'll just watch it and just have a good time. So that's, yeah. that's my third pick. Yeah. That's actually my, my number three as well. It was actually a tie between that. It, it actually, it, it, it beat out just barely uh, Miller's Crossing. Um mm. But Hudsucker, just the production design alone mm-hmm. is astounding. Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. a, another ensemble cast in there, led yeah. by Newman, Tim Robbins, you know, for kids. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Some great quotes. But, um, it, but like, it's got that, that, yeah. that, it's set in New York City, but like, it feels like a weird version of it, which the colors, yeah. I don't know how they manage to do that every time. Right. It's just a great right. effect that they do. Um, right. It, it, it was, I mean, it definitely has its place in time. Like it's set what in the 1930s? 50s, I think. New York. Yeah. But it also was shot in the 90s when like Tim uh, Tim Burden was huge. So it has like that yeah. art deco-y feel that kind of matches the style of the, of the 90s, like just it trendy type of filmmaking, but it kind of takes you back to that you know spot too so the setting has kind of a, a breath to itself it does kind right. of like correlate to like batman returns gotham city in a way yeah a little right. bit like very similar both during uh christmas time and right. yeah very cool okay very yeah, yeah very stylized all right so for me so hudsucker proxy was mentioned i would have to say it's it's number two for me it's fargo this is the movie that that really solidified the Coens as like, okay, these guys are really here to stay. And they're, they're just going to make movie after movie. They're going to surprise us uh, at every turn. You've got a fantastic guy. You've got uh, an Oscar-winning role by Frances McDormand, who's actually married. She's married to Joel, actually, Joel, Joel Cohen. And she's phenomenal here. Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare, frightened me so much as a, I think I saw this when it first came out and it, yeah, it's, it's twisted and the the deeper this story goes the darker and bloodier it gets and it's awesome it's just the cone yeah you can't see a, a wood chipper the same oh god yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah phenomenal film really really great Ivy what's next on your list also, I, I have to say Fargo as well. And this was really hard. I love the Hudsucker proxy so much too. But I, I'm i from the Midwest too. So <laughs> it was a really fun movie to watch from that perspective. Because the I agree with you, Randy. I really don't know how they do it. They captured like something about the Midwest that no one's ever been able to capture is that wild mixture of uh, that I grew up around and it was the first time that I really recognized the communities that I grew up around in terms just of that sense of like everyone's like really really nice and then they're like um you know they're like deer hunting and you like open up the garage door and you're like dad is like you know, working on a deer. It's <laughs> like right. covered in blood. <laughs> right. They're like really nice people. It's oh, like yeah. the mixture of that right. is um, and, 
so you're not um, like wasn't like Frances McDormand's character wasn't she pregnant? She was pregnant. And like it just, she was going through just like motherhood things and like she has to investigate and figure out, you know, this horrific case too. So right. it's like yeah, it's like yeah. I, yeah. It's so um, true, and I, I love too that they captured a certain uh, like the the women. I feel like I know from the Midwest too. It's mm -hmm. just that like very like oh we're just gonna solve the case like not nothing really <laughs> uh, surprises them too much or, or pushes them into any extremes, no matter how mm -hmm. horrible they're like. And I love that too. You know the sense of like the female character who's like the most grounded and you know level-headed hero who's just you know really is just going through, calmly going through solving a crime and she's like well you know we can figure this out and I love that kind of spirit of uh, of, of a female character I think was is really amazing because I think the female characters can tend to be portrayed as not the level-headed ones. So it mm -hmm. was really exciting to see like, oh yeah, that that's what my friends and family are like, you know, uh, <laughs> they are just like uh, hearing the most horrific thing. And they're like, yeah, I, you know, like, my, uh, you know, relatives would tell these unbelievable violent oh, yeah. stories and they would just be like, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double it's a double double homicide don't you know, <laughs> you know? Exactly. It completely like that like they captured really the the spirit of it it's awesome mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Chris, what's next on your list that hasn't yeah, it's a three banger for us uh fargo was uh was number two on my list too for the same reasons yeah all right how about number one uh my number one is 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 most likely um no country for old men i i just I think it's just their crowning achievement. I'm also a sucker for Cormac uh, McCarthy novels. I, I think he was one of the best American novelists. We lost him this year, but, you know, just a, a great adaptation and just a phenomenal cast. It's just, it, it for me, yes, they made studio films before that, but for some reason, like, no country you know, felt like they could, they can get anyone and do anything after that movie. It's, I kind of equated to like Quentin Tarantino's, uh, like, uh, Glorious Bass, uh, Inglorious Bastards, because it felt like, you know, after that movie, like, it just solidified him in the studio yeah. system. It's so, just a really, it's a, it's a strong Western. Yeah. Again, the Coens definitely know how to do crime, you know, yeah. crime dramas crime thrillers and crime comedies i don't know why mm -hmm. they're so good at that but maybe it's not something worth analyzing let's just let it be mm -hmm. um, also javier bardem in an oscar-winning performance is chilling like he yeah. is one of the most terrifying villains i think i've ever seen yeah. on, on film it's it's like a it's like a weird what was it it was like a gun that 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 killed it was yeah, an air gun <laughs> yeah. yeah like there's a few books Mm. Um, and you got to give credit to the authors too, but like, you know, I equate it, do I dare say like the Godfather was such a great adaptation of, uh, Mario Puzo's, uh, novel. And it's, it, it's almost, it's almost like that here where they verbatimly did a great adaptation to Cormac's, uh, novel, but they also spun it to make it their own. It's one of the greatest adaptations. Also, you know, uh, The Road 2, which was my, one of my favorite novels of all time. 
but also a great um, Cormac uh, McCarthy uh, adaptation. <laughs> I, I think my number one might be because we don't hear it up, uh, we don't hear about it a lot. But Barton Fink, I love this movie. I love John Turturro in it. He's kind of like this troubled writer. He's a screenwriter who is tasked to come to new to uh, Los Angeles to write a movie, and he's just like totally distracted. And John Goodman is basically staying in a room next to his and they form like a very strange friendship and things just spiral out of control. It's totally mm -hmm. twisted in uh, quintessential uh, Coen Brothers fashion. Perfect uh, for them. And you have a really hilarious supporting role again from Steve Buscemi as the, uh, the, the bellhop concierge and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I really like this film. I have to say it's on my it's on my blind spot. It's uh, on my blind spot list. I, I have to I have to rectify yeah. that one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, I I think if you're a John Turturro completist, you have to see it. Oh, and by the way, since we're on Turturro, this is something I forgot to mention during our Lebowski talk. They came out with a spinoff movie yeah. in 2015, I think it was called The Jesus Rolls, which was based on his character in Lebowski and the Coens didn't did not have any involvement with it it was just they, they I think they did they only gave him permission to use the character again and John Turturro he stars in it he I think he wrote it and directed it and if you guys haven't seen it it's one of the worst movies I've ever made <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. it is such an insult <laughs> to the big Lebowski it's like it was, I did not think you were going to go that way I thought yeah, you were gonna it's like, true though you got to no, check you, this out this is great you would think yeah. it'd be amazing but it is totally not um and it goes the opposite direction of amazing Ivy did you have I mean, two more or oh, one yeah. I'll, I'll go super fast mine is is raising Arizona oh. and <laughs> very much for sentimental reasons I you know I do believe that there have much more epic films um it was hard to decide between that and where brother art thou mm. but in terms of feeling like it's a story that probably happened <laughs> like somebody probably stole some of these babies and all you know <laughs> the, the, that's what i love about them too is they really capture like the real people i know that mm. that wasn't um a real story but it feels that way and that's what i love about mm. it i feel like they capture like the people who would actually do these types of things nicholas cage and holly hunt together are i think one of the best couples i've ever seen in in cinema and it was when i feel like nicholas cage he has like the perfect amount of mania and goofiness <laughs> and adorableness really? in that movie. And it, it's also so quotable. It really makes best use of all these incredible actors. It's a, it's just a funny like yarn, this tale of all of these wild people. Right. And this was actually the Coen's uh, second film after uh, Blood Simple. They had a slightly bigger budget, but it kind of, it did look like it was shot uh, on a low budget. They also, I want to mention uh, cinematographer Barry Sonnenfeld, who is also a director. He did the Adams Family films and Men in Black films. Uh, he did a lot of the uh, cinematography for the early Coen Brothers films. So I think yeah, working with the Coens, they, they had a great um, chemistry and they definitely had a, a great eye when it came to film. True art.
Real quick, guys, uh, do you have any any plugs at this time? Uh, I just have my Instagram. Um, I at my name at Ivy Lofberg, and I do something on it called Film Remedy, where I just pick a theme for the month and um, just share films that are under that theme. So for October, it's Dancing in the Dark, and I just share a film a day about um, that theme. So you know, if it sounds cool to you, check it out. Cool. Awesome, awesome. Love that. Mr. Clemente, sir. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just uh, started writing for a new outlet. Uh, it's called We Got This Covered uh, at wegotthiscovered.com. I'm doing reviews, guides, top 10 lists, things like that. Very cool. I still have to check out your work, sir. That sounds really nice. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, as for me, you can catch um, full episodes uh, on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. That, so that, that'll be um, the video version of this episode uh, every Monday at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific. And uh, also feel free to go to my uh, YouTube channel, Under the Radar, subscribe, share, spread the love. And uh, yeah, you can also catch uh, episodes like this tonight uh, through Slam Radio uh, SXM, through Sirius XM, uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. So Ivy and Chris, uh, this was incredible. You know, we, we could easily talk for another hour uh, about the Coens. They are such great filmmakers. We'll probably talk about them again in the future. So, uh, you know, stay tuned yeah. for that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, isn't so. um, either one of them, either Joel or Ethan, they're doing a, their own movie. It's, I think it's a heist movie so okay yeah That's something with dolls in the title what um, with dolls? Um, yeah like dolls are in the title it's okay. on wikipedia or imdb but okay yeah it seems like it seems like they're doing their own stuff like separate from one another but okay yeah but right. well uh yeah we'll, we'll look into that but cool. uh i hope to see you guys on the show again real soon and, absolutely uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Ah, absolutely. Thank you so awesome. much, Randy. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ivy and Chris. I'm Randy Unger. This has been Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together one frame at a time. We'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> Take care.